No, Superman Forever Radio, the weekly podcast devoted to Superman. Welcome to Superman Forever Radio, episode 34. I'm your mild-mannered host, J. David Weeder, and this week's episode is brought to you by the word reboot. What started out as a standard, normal episode came to a screeching halt as soon as the news broke that DC Comics was rebooting their entire line of books, including Superman and Action Comics, with an all-new continuity and new number one issues. So what I had planned, written up, and in some cases recorded got put on the back burner, because I simply must talk about this. Now, initially my reaction to the news was quite visceral. I wrote a piece on Facebook called DC Comics Flipped Me Off. That went just like this. I'll read it word for word. Today it was announced that as of August 31st, 2011, all of DC Comics titles will be rebooted with a new issue number one, and continuity will be wiped somewhat clean. What does this mean for the Man of Steel? A new Action Comics number one, a new Superman number one, and a tweaked costume with a priest scholar and no trunks. Now, all of this stems from the Flashpoint event that is happening right now. There's been no confirmation if this change is permanent or another stunt. At this time, all we know is August 31st brings the end of Flashpoint and Justice League number one by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. Because when reporting news, it's very important to stay objective, I can't here. So the news portion of this is over, as of uh, my SFR Daily Planet episode. And Jeff Johns and Jim Lee have been creators that I respected for a while, but today that respect is smashed to pieces. What we are looking at is the third reboot in the last 25 years, and the second one in five years. You could say what you want about the universe needing a reboot, and you'd be right, but it needed a reboot five years ago when Infinite Crisis was happening, and we had a basically a flimsy, half-baked pseudo-reboot, which amounted to Jeff Johns not telling us what was changed and making it up as he went along, which results in what? Johns writing himself into a huge corner with tons of horrid continuity errors, He's entrenched himself so deeply that he literally has to wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. Action Comics has been running for over 900 issues. Detective 2, there have been bad times, good times, horrible times. And yet they keep going like the torchbearers that they are, bastions of the comic book world. And now, none of it matters. Why am I so upset? Because it's personal to me. This is like dating someone for a long time investing a lot of money and emotion into the relationship, all in. Then one day, that person vanishes, and you're told that didn't count. But there is somebody else that kind of sort of looks like them and sounds like them, but you have to start from scratch and rebuild that whole relationship again. It's like that. And to be clear, it's the motivation behind the reboot that gets me. And I mentioned uh, Dan Dio and Johns had ample, appropriate chance to really wipe the slate clean in 2006, And we got murky, sort of changed backstory for Superman that wasn't clarified until three years later and contradicted half of what was written in that time. So way to go, Mr. Spike Scream Award winner. Secondly, it's a sales ploy. It's nothing more 
than trying to get those people who buy only the trades at Borders or Barnes and Noble. And there's nothing wrong with that, as I've said on many occasions. That's a valid way to read comics, but not at the sacrifice of fans who have supported the company by getting the comics month by month. Don't cut off your face to spite your nose. We're here consistently, monthly, shelling out money for what should be good books, which are constantly geared to more and more away from our crowd. Comic collecting is also becoming extinct due to the rise of digital comics. And what a coincidence, DC announced that their books will be available day and date online. This is the turning point that was inevitable, the eventual move towards digital download comics. And what I'm saying is, I take it personally when my longtime loyalty is rewarded with complete disregard and instead focusing blatantly on the new blood. I want new readers on the books, but I want it done with skillful writing and great art, not a gimmick, and not a middle finger to my decades of collecting. So, that was my initial reaction. Then I put a lot more thought into it, and a little bit of perspective. I've been collecting comics for over 30 years, the bulk of, if not all of my life. I've loved superheroes for all my conscious memory, with Superman, with Superman at the forefront. I've seen changes. Bucky is Captain America, a Red Hulk, Rick Jones is the Hulk, a protoplasmic Supergirl. Some changes I was able to take in stride, some I hated, some I loved. But an entire sweep and clear is a tough pill to swallow, and I thought to myself, this must have been what it felt like in 1986, right after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Obviously, the internet didn't exist then, at least not in the form that it does now. But would those people 25 years ago feel the way we did? Yes. I can tell you that the answer is yes. I know this because many years ago, a very young version of me, at about nine years old, walked into a comic book shop, picked up John Byrne's Man of Steel number three, and was told very vibrantly and very explicitly that Byrne's Superman was not the real Superman, that the entire line of books was ruined, and there wasn't anything broken. But I like post-crisis DC Universe. That's what I grew up on. Those were the versions of the heroes that I knew best. Suddenly, looking back on my reaction and what I wrote there, I realized that I'd become that same angry man in the comic shop, and I'd been that man for a while. Now, you've heard me say several times in this show that I'm not a fan of trades or digital comics, and to be clear, I'm fine with those alternative methods of reading comics as long as it doesn't interfere with the monthlies. But there's a whole new generation of readers coming up Think about this for some perspective. Kids that were born when uh, Tim Burton's Batman came out in the theaters. Imagine June 1989. They are Those kids are now legally able to drink. And think about this. Kids that were born in June 1992 when Batman Returns came out, which I went to see in the theater by myself because I was old enough. Those kids are old enough to vote. They're, they're in college. So I've become... That old man, I've started feeling my age, and I've been a cranky, cranky old man. The readers that are coming up today, who get the books in trade, or download them for viewing on their iPads or Kindles, they are going to take over the market. And they need to take over the market. These readers are profitable for DC Comics. And of course, being a business, that's who DC is going to aim for. So as mad as I was, really looking back over... 
my attitude towards that. I, I've been holding myself back by trying to remain traditional and true to the comic industry I grew up in and the methods I employ. Uh, the bag and board, uh, long boxes. And I've realized that I may have been preventing myself from some potentially good comic reading experiences because I've been closing my mind to digital comics and trades. Also, I, you know, I love these characters. I love them as much as a person who, you know, as much as a person can love a fictional set of characters. So do I want generations after this one to know who Superman is? Do I want them to know who Green Lantern or Batman or Wonder Woman is? Yes, I do. So if these books have to evolve, if they have to change to survive in propriety, then I, I need to accept that. But it doesn't mean I want to be along for the ride. I still stand by the fact that there are certain limitations to what you can really should do in terms of fandom, in terms of the way DC Comics is treating their fans. Why are we seeing a huge reboot when we could have a, an ultimate DC universe? And with the multiverse intact, they have a built-in vehicle for this. And since Infinite Crisis, we have seen very little, almost no use of, that, of the multiverse. It's a perfect storytelling element to reboot anything and just have it set in a different universe. And it got me to thinking, you know, every fan has a Superman story in them. Every fan has a Superman story they want to tell, and they've wanted to tell for a long time, and of course I do. And imagine Dan Didio calls me up today, carte blanche, you have action comics. What would I do? I would get Dave Bullock, I would tell an Earth 2 story, uh, just sort of filling in the gaps, kind of uh, playing with Earth 2, and having it set in real time in 1938, sort of like John Byrne's uh, Generations miniseries, the first one, which I recommend, by the way. But does that affect New Earth Superman? No, it does not. But I do. writers have the freedom to do that, and John's at the onset of the Infinite Crisis era, which we cover here, said, I want to leave something open to let the writers tell the types of stories they want to tell. So we've had this sand, open sandbox for five years, and we've seen next to no use of it. And looking at some of the creative teams, Grant Morrison on Superman, I mixed. And I know there's a very <laughs> distinctive line between fans of that book and non-fans of that book. A lot of people hate what he did, think that he just rehashed a bunch of old Silver Age stuff, etc., etc., while other people look at it as a seminal Superman work, as far as All-Star Superman, which is, uh, that's the crowd I'm in. However, it was a separate universe, it was self-contained, it was a simple, straightforward Superman story, with a lot of pathos put behind it. It wasn't the monthly book, it wasn't in continuity, it wasn't what we were coming to every month. And then Grant Morrison, to me, is always at his best when he's doing Vertigo titles. Speaking of Vertigo... Wonder Woman is being written by Brian Azzarello. For those of you Superman fans who remember this, and I'm sure a lot of you do, Azzarello wrote the 12-part For Tomorrow storyline, which was drawn by Jim Lee. And as Michael Bailey perfectly put it, it was pretty to look at. I still have no idea what that plot is. This guy writes, I think somebody described it as, I don't know what to write unless it's for HBO. So... Didio is talking about how we want a new, fresh creator. It's the top of their line. 
And when you look back when we had top-of-the-line creators like, uh, well, let's look at Last Sun, which hasn't been completed yet in terms of what we've been reading. But it, it was supposed to be a five-part story across five months. Ended up being, well, a five-part story across over a year. So, overall, I don't know that I trust Jedio's direction or I trust John's direction now. I'm not angry about it. I'm just saying I'm not entirely confident with it. See, to me, it always seemed that Dan Didio was the excited little kid with all the toys who just wanted to exploit them with no real regards to the characters. And Paul Levitz was there to balance him out with some common sense and some respect for the characters and the fans. And as soon as you saw Paul Levitz step down, that's when things really started to go off the rails. And we're seeing event after event, and it's it's Tried, it's been a case where we've, we've been convinced that event fatigue doesn't exist. Well, I'm sorry, we, it does. Uh, really, when you think about it, we've rolled from well, almost simultaneous events, Blackest Night, The Flash Rebirth, happening at the same time, uh, Superman New Krypton, yet he's in Blackest Night, just one after another. When what we really want, at least I, what I really want, was just a simple story in the context of the books themselves. But it doesn't look like that's what we're going to get. So we don't have that balancing act. We're getting a complete reboot, which is fine. As I mentioned, if I want these characters to survive, that may be what happens. That may be what needs to happen, I should say. But it doesn't mean I want to be along for the ride. So I decided right out of the gate that this was a perfect jumping off point for me. Not entirely out of anger, but because it's time. It's a peaceful ending and a retirement from monthly books and honestly, I had one foot out the door anyway, because it comes down to this, folks. If you're a comic book fan, you should get excited on Wednesdays. That trip to the comic shop should be the highlight of your week. And you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody says on a podcast. It doesn't matter what I say here. It doesn't matter what my opinion of any particular Superman book is. You should be reading what you want to read, not based on my reviews, because this show is primarily for entertainment purposes, not to influence your reading habits. And even though, you know, I do have books in my pull list that I enjoy, it just felt like for the last year, uh, with a brief period, you know, around the around the early parts of Brightest Day, it just felt like something's been missing. And I realized that the last time I got excited about going to the comic shop, really excited, was looking for back issues, hunting them down. The excitement, the thrill of the hunt, that's what I was all about. So I was already on my way out of the game, just to be honest, just to be clear. And it just turned out to be a cosmic coincidence that the very next day after I made this decision, DC made this announcement. So I got angry, I got frustrated, but I don't necessarily know that I had the right to feel that way because I was already on my way out. And now as far as this show is concerned, our issue by issue, month by month coverage will end with this August's books. That does not mean the show will end when we hit that point, which I might add is a very long way off. We still have new Krypton to go through. We have Superman and Legion of Superheroes, Brainiac, Grounded, several miniseries, annuals. So the plan was always to catch up to the books on the stands, and then once we got to that point, you know, it'd be like maybe once a month we would have an episode focusing on them. But... You know, we still have tons of other aspects of Superman to look through, plus the new movie, so on and so forth. 
So Superman Forever Radio is going nowhere. I plan on doing this show for years. As long as you keep downloading them, I'll keep making them. It's as simple as that. And as I said, we have over a year to get to that point and plenty of other things between now and then. But as for me, on my personal side, I want to dive into some back issue bins. I just want to complete some runs and have some fun with collecting again. And as far as my feelings towards DC Comics, I don't agree with the decision that Dan Didio and Jeff Johns have made. But Didio and Johns don't sit around the office in a cold sweat wondering what J. David Weider thinks of their decisions. So it's the, they're the ones in charge. The characters are theirs to do with as they please. So for right now, I'm, I'm pretty much done talking about it. I'm out of the monthly issues at this. We will come to that point uh, quite some ways down the road, but we have plenty of other Superman stuff to do beyond that. And I'm kind of hoping this spawns a new podcast, something like Flashpoint and Beyond. But as far as our comic coverage, month by month, uh, probably tweak that a little bit. Eh, you might as well call this show From Crisis to Flashpoint, because that's kind of where we'll leave off. It is, it is the end of an era, and it is appropriate that we should kind of uh, respect that era, and even if it is five years long, and let somebody else, you know, kind of take over from there and just let them have fun. The The Superman Podcast Network's big enough for more. And I'm still kind of uh, really hoping to see a Supergirl podcast at some point. Not hosted by me because I have too much on my plate already. So anybody out there interested, feel free. You have the Superman Podcast Network's blessing as far as I know. But in terms of the DC Comics reboot, I've had my say. Uh, to summarize, I don't agree with it. I think it's a sales tactic, but it's also a perfect, peaceful way to jump off and have some closure. So, that's it in a nutshell. What I'm going to do is play a quick promo, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, my basically my itinerary for the Superman celebration. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey. And I'm Jeffrey Taylor. And we host a podcast called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Presented by the Superman homepage. On the show... Wait, wait, wait. What? This just isn't working out for me. It's not bombastic enough. We need something epic. Like what? Welcome to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, presented by the Superman homepage. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And I am Michael Bailey. From Crisis to Crisis chronicles the adventures of Superman. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just not feeling this. I'm just wondering how there's a needle scratching sound when all of this is clearly digital. Look, all we need to say is that this is the, a trailer for a show called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by the home, Superman homepage. My name is Michael Bailey. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And every week we give in-depth synopsis and reviews for just about every Superman book published between Man of Steel number 1 in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. We also talk about the related Superman media, what was happening in the rest of the world when these comics were published and what else was going on in the DC Universe. The show drops every 
Thursday ish at the Superman homepage, which is located at www.supermanhomepage.com. From Crisis to Crisis is also a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, located at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. So join Jeffrey and I each week as we explore Superman during the post crisis era, which includes exile. Panic in the Sky, Doomsday, The Marriage, and Beyond. And write into the show at FromCrisisToCrisis at gmail.com and hear it read on the air, eventually, because we get behind on that sort of thing. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Side effects from From Crisis to Crisis include loss of money from buying back issues, a desire to read 20-year-old comic books, nausea, drowsiness, pizza, blurred vision, upset stomach, a desire to kick puppies and kittens, and backache from lifting boxes of Superman comics. If the excitement of From Crisis to Crisis lasts more than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. So, when this episode hits the site, the countdown will be at four days until the kickoff of the 2011 Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. And, of course, this will be my second actual celebration, my third trip to Metropolis. First trip was in October of 2009 with just me and my wife and the dog. It was an off-season, and we had a fantastic time. So that following June, I loaded up, planning on going for at least two days, but ended up getting in very late uh, Friday night and basically having one full day of the celebration, which was fantastic. I had such a great time. It felt like being home. It felt like just being among the people who understand it was such a positive place. One of the best times I've ever had. So I'm really excited about this year when I get to go for all four days. Now, my plan is, for those that are interested, I'm going to drive down Wednesday evening and be at the opening ceremonies at 5 p.m. on Thursday. And then I'm going to be checking out the Lois Lane and Helping Hand Awards before heading over to the Super Friends Meet, Eat, and Bowl at Bob's Bowling Alley to meet up with some awesome people that I'm very excited to meet. And then it's, well, Friday it's up at the crack of dawn to get in line for autograph tickets. And then after that, once I got my ticket in hand, some breakfast before the Superman homepage meet and greet at 10.30 a.m. And then turning around and going to the Superman Super Site meet and greet at 11.30 a.m. And then about 2 o'clock, I'll be at the Q&A with Jamal Igle and Freddie Williams at Artist's Alley. And I'll be doing some running around in Paducah that evening before meeting up with some more awesome people. Saturday, I'm hoping to not have to get up at the crack of dawn because I have my ticket in hand. However, if I don't have my autograph ticket, I'll be up at early again, standing in line for autographs. Tickets. Barring that, I tend to start my day at Artist's Alley, getting some sketches, go to the Q&A with Brandon Routh and Elena Huffman and Sam Huntington. I'm really excited to see that. And then it'll be uh, pretty much loose from there that that afternoon, because depending on which autograph section I end up in. But at 7 p.m., I will be at the Fan Film Awards and wrap up the night at the After Hours Dance Party. Sunday, I plan to top off the weekend by getting sworn in as an honorary citizen of Metropolis, And then it's back home to Springfield, sad and missing my second home. So a loose itinerary, but it's going to move fast. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot because I'm not even accounting for the little random things that come along. So if you are there at the celebration and you want some Superman Forever swag while it lasts, because I do have limited quantities, I have some rings, some magnets, some pins, some keychains, very few keychains. You can Facebook me. You can tweet me or text me at 786-95-SUPER, and we can just meet up and talk about Superman. I would really like to meet some of my listeners. So one final note, 
before I bring this episode to a close. Even though Superman Forever Radio was going to go on for quite some time, I had to make a rough decision this week. There's been this project that's been sitting on Simmer on the back burner. And it's something I've wanted to do for a while, but this week I really decided, uh, you know, I had, I had an epiphany and I realized I knew how to do it. I knew what to do with it and it was time to take it on. But doing this project means that I have to give up one of my podcasts and it's certainly not going to be Superman Forever Radio. I love doing a Xavier's podcast for gifted youngsters and the walking dorks just started. There's a lot of, a lot of good things to come down that pike. So it came down to the SFR daily planet which, after some thought, I was pretty okay with. The show's had some issues, and really it just seemed kind of redundant. By the time I get an episode recorded, the news has already spread of whatever I'm talking about. So there'll be no new episodes of the SFR Daily Planet going forward, and new stories will appear on the blog from time to time. But let's be honest. Let's be truly honest. Steve Eunice and Neil Cole, they are the best sources of Superman news on the planet. Superman homepage and supermansupersite.com. They're usually right on top of it. They have better connections. And there's no, so there's no shortage of Superman news sources. And while this show is a fine place to discuss them, I, it's fine with me because even if I'm not breaking the news, I'm still a part of it. And that doesn't even account for the daily grind of popping out a show, which was not as bad as you would think, not as bad as I thought it would be, but still kind of frustrating. So this will take a little bit of stress off my shoulders. So let's bid goodbye to the Daily Planet, and later in the month, I'll announce a new project, and I don't think comic book fans will be disappointed. And as I, you know, this is going to be a shorter episode, I just wanted to touch on this DC Comics thing, and uh, so I'm going to bid you adieu. Um, I will be back next Sunday, I'd actually be next Monday, the 13th, will be when the Metropolis episode airs, sort of my journals and whatnot of my adventures in metropolis dark side will be appearing he has confirmed that he will be in metropolis i have confirmed that he will not be riding with me but i'll have the walking dorks guys with me i'm just really looking forward to metropolis i'm needing that break need to get away and be a part of the fandom that i love being a member of so i look forward to meeting some of you let me know if you're going to be there and next time we speak on this show, we will be talking about the awesomeness that is Metropolis, my second home where my heart lives. So I look forward to that. And I apologize for the shortness of this episode, but I pretty much said what I wanted to say. And next week will be a much longer episode, so I'm trying to save some space on the server. So between now and then, keep on fighting the never-ending battle and look to the skies. This has been Superman Forever Radio, a production of SupermanForever.com. As always, you can find the show and leave a review on iTunes or visit SupermanForever.com. And of course, the show is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, where you can find other great Superman podcasts covering all eras of the Man of Steel at SupermanPodcastNetwork.com. Drop the show an email at mail at SupermanForever.com or follow the show on Twitter. The username is at Superman, the number four, ever. Superman forever. And you, be, you can become a fan of the show on Facebook. Simply search for SupermanForever.com and press the like button. Leave a voicemail at the call-in line, which is 703-95-SUPER. That's 703-957-8737. Superman and all related characters, the distinctive likenesses thereof, and related elements are trademarks of DC Comics, a Warner Brothers Entertainment company. 
This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and no profit is made from the images or related properties belonging to DC Comics or Warner Brothers Entertainment. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And until next episode, keep on fighting the never-ending battle.